This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception. Reception. The show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you, uh, and for our very loyal podcast listeners, you are in for a treat because. Even though it is the offseason, and even though we only release one episode a week during the offseason, this week we are doing two episodes because, Matt Harmon, the draft is complete, and my God, the take cannons are loaded, and we're ready to fire off some takes, baby. Let's go. I mean, the take cannons are so loaded. Um, <laughs> it's funny because like the draft ends, and it's like, ah, the draft is over. But it's like, no, no, no. Now you have to talk about how all these guys fit with these teams, which I, I said on the Correct. last episode, I, I enjoy so much more than just uh, the, than the pre-draft take cannon um, arsenal <laughs> being loaded up. I, I, I This is the, what I like better. And yeah. I mean, look, we covered all the first rounders and a couple of second rounders on, on yesterday's episode. But man, there's some, there's still, like I said, with this class, these day two receivers, they're not all going to hit. Some of these guys nope. are going to be meh. Some of these guys are going to mm-hmm. be totally nothing. And it might not be the ones we expect, might not be the ones we hope for, but you know, regardless, um, it, it is an interesting group, uh, and I think these guys could end up being pretty solid players. Okay, so let's start with the world champs. Let's go to Kansas City. Let's talk about the Chiefs. They go and pick up. Uh, I was surprised by this pick, Rasheed Rice out of SMU. He's six one two zero four. Um, you know, mixed bag athletically four five one forty, which is that's fine. Um, you know, it's not great. Uh, 204 pounds, you'd like him to run sub 4.5. I think that's fair to say. But a 41-inch vertical and a 10.8 broad, now that is is interesting. Uh, that is really, really good uh, in terms of short area burst. Okay, so Rice, though, when you chart him, uh, didn't did look great, Matt. Did not no. look great. No. Um, now, a couple things. Did you, did you see um, – did you see some of the clips that came out of Kansas City's war room about uh, how, you know, Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs, went to SMU and obviously Rasheed Rice out of SMU. And oh my I can't remember who it was. On, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember who was on the video. Oh but boy. Somebody either said to Clark Hunt, we got you. We got you somebody out of SMU or like or, or he was like, yeah, we wanted to get Clark and SMU. At some point it came up that like that connection was a thing. Oh um so I'm not saying that the Chiefs drafted Rasheed Rice <laughs> just because he went to SMU to make the owner happy, but I'm but, not, 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 exactly. not saying it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, <laughs> by the way, like the Chiefs can just burn picks and who gives a shit, right? They're still the Chiefs, especially at this position now. And I'm not saying they burned a pick on Rasheed Rice. You mentioned some of the RP data with with uh, Rasheed Rice in the games I sampled. Um, first percentile success rate versus man coverage, 45.7%. 70.5% success rate versus zone. That's a seventh percentile mark against prospects. Um, just not a separator. He's a very, very like stunningly inconsistent player in that he'll give you one rep where he looks incredible as like a right. stacking, you know, a guy that he stacks cornerbacks in the vertical routes and he can win contested. Um, he saw a contested target on 27.1% of his sampled looks. His catch rate was 56.3%. So I think that really shows you it, like it can go either way. He'll give you one great rep and then like three really bad reps. So I think he's a developmental player. And um, I think he's a developmental. We did talk about this, James. What, what Kansas City needs was an outside receiver. I think Rasheed Rice is a developmental outside vertical receiver. I think basically they're going to my guess right now is that they'll do something similar and I could be wrong. Also, by the way, I want to put this out there. I'm, I'm all over the place, but I do want to note that uh, I had somebody point out to me that Rasheed Rice 
in all of these games I sampled was playing on like a fractured toe or something like that. Interesting. Maybe that's a bit of context that needs to be put here. But again, from a techniques perspective, I do think he's a developmental player. He's playing a damn SMU. It's not like he's at Alabama or something. It's kind mm-hmm. of similar to like Sky Moore playing at Western Michigan last year. I think that they'll do something similar. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think they'll do something similar with what they did with Sky Moore last year. Like, hey, you're our developmental flanker slot behind Juju Smith-Schuster. We don't, we don't, we don't plan on seeing anything from you this year. Um, I know that we want things to be a little more instant gratification, stuff like that. But that's just I think that's kind of how they viewed it last year with Sky Moore. And I think that's probably how they'll do like, hey, Rasheed Rice, you're going to be our developmental vertical receiver behind MVS. And we don't care if you give us nothing this year. Like we're Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Holmes. We're going to be fine. If we see you in 2024, that'll be all right with us. You know, uh, to that point, Matt, um, we saw them, you know, draft Sky Moore. Um, and they kind of took that approach with Sky more as well. I think a lot of folks out, hey, Sky, um, he's a good player. This guy could come in and, and, and give him some slot reps and and really push Juju. That just wasn't the case. It just wasn't the no. case, right? Juju absolutely dominated um, that position, and uh, and obviously he moves on, vacates over 100 targets there in that Kansas City offense. Um, and look, it, it, and just talking about Andy Reid's offense, notoriously complicated offense, right? So, uh, I mean, even the great Patrick Mahomes had to take a red shirt year, um, as Alex Smith, you know, kind of helmed that, that, that vehicle. Right. So, um, I, I think to your point, any offensive rookie skill position player that they bring in would basically take a red shirt year, unless you're again, just, you know, out the gates, just a phenomenal player. I'm just, I just scratched my head a little bit because what are the traits here um, that Andy Reid and company look at Rasheed Rice and say, okay, this guy is going to be a contributor for us next year? Because I tell you what, when you spend a second round pick on a wide receiver, Matt, there's some leeway, there's some a little bit of a leash, but especially in today's NFL, listen, man, the guy's got to contribute in year two, period. Yeah, um, and, and you mentioned too, just like these guys – Kansas City, even uh, with Travis Kelsey, now he was he was on injured reserve, but he did nothing as a rookie. Tyree Kill was a limited application player as a rookie. Yes. He was a day three draft pick, and Kelsey was, I think, a third rounder. So, but uh, yeah, I think they're comfortable. Like this is a hard offense to learn. Um, it, it, it's difficult, and and for a guy like Sky Moore, and it's going to be the same way with Rasheed Rice because he played at a lower level. I've told people it's like it's not even just like moving to a foreign country. It's like trying to move to a foreign country, but coming from Western Michigan or SMU to the Andy Reed's offense. It's like, you're moving to a foreign country. You're learning the language. You're learning to drive. <laughs> you're learning to drive on the other side of the road or some stuff like right. that. Like it's right. a very tough transition. So if you think about it that way, it's like, yeah, it takes you a year to get acclimated. Now I think, I think with Rasheed Rice, I, I, I see the, the traits. It's just the, getting those traits all together with the skill and matching that up is going to be the question here. And and like, if he's their vertical field stretcher that in a way that like MVS, who's not a separation guy either. MVS no. has never been a, a separator. I've never been a great route runner, but he wins contested downfield and he burns you on like nine routes, corner routes, post routes. I think that's probably the role that they see for Rasheed Rice. Right. And I think that I can see that eventually coming together. It does not show up. Um, obviously in his RP data, but his usage at SMU was all vertical stuff. 27.5% of his routes were nine routes. You know, the curl route was the other one, 28.6%. So I think that's probably just, they see him as that vertical stretch guy and they want to hone those ball skills that again, he flashes, but he's not consistent with. So, Hey, again, we're going to take all of 2023 and try to remake you. And then, yeah, maybe, maybe in 2024, he's a guy who's ready to take over MVS's spot if they're ready to move on from that contract. Yeah, to your point, Rasheed Rice, uh, nearly 35% of his routes were either the corner, nine, or post. Um, and then, you know, mixed in uh, a lot of the curl route, which makes a lot of sense if you're a vertical threat, right? Like you you threaten over the top, you see a big cushion, and then you, you slam on the brakes, and then you come back to the quarterback, right? So 28.6% of the routes that you sampled were on the curl route, and then 27.5% were on the nine, right? So uh, a lot of either just let's just go in over the top and beat them physically over the top or slam on the brakes and come back to the quarterback, uh, hopefully, hopefully for an easy layup throw. But 
Um, yeah, I was a little bit surprised by it. You know, when when you track yeah. a guy a, as a first percentile versus man coverage, that generally I'm not generally thinking this guy's going to go uh, in the second round. Yep, I I was surprised, and you know, look, obviously, I would have loved for them to have grabbed one of these dudes that I I liked a little bit better uh, than Rasheed Rice. He's he's pretty low in my prospect rankings, just because I think this is a, it's a risky profile to bet on. I'm gi- you know I'm giving you like the 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 the. the the thought, right? The thought process behind the pick. And I think what they're thinking of, it's not the guy I would have taken, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I think there are other players I like better. And yeah, he comes from, to, to speak of the developmental part, like you talked about the route tree is it's like go routes and, and curl routes. He comes from one of these simplified offenses where he only lines right. up on one side of the field. He's outside right on 83.6% of his snaps on the line of scrimmage for 70.6%. Like he's playing one position, one side of the field. Those things have to get completely remade. Once you get to the NFL and like some of these great receivers can do it. A guy like Rasheed Rice, you know, that remains to be seen. So yeah, it's not, it's certainly not the pick I would have made. And I, I do kind of the SMU thing at least makes me like, <laughs> raise an eyebrow at, at like was this a hey we want to we need to get we we want to get a receiver I don't know I it, I don't know whether to like I don't know whether to completely trust the Chiefs on this because like part of me like looks at their depth chart and it's MVS it's Kadarius Tony and it's Sky Moore and it's like well, that's the worst, one of the worst receiver rooms in the NFL. It if is. He's got 100%. It, it, you know, based on MVS being a limited application role player who's a vertical guy. Um, Kadarius Tony, we've, we've talked about him on the show a ton. We're not Tony bros. There are, there are still a good faction of Tony bros out there. And, and like, I think he's a gadget player. You know, he's going to be like giving you what McCole Hardman did. And then like Sky Moore. I liked Sky Moore a lot as a prospect. And I am absolutely not giving up hope on Sky Moore, but like, he better take a second year leap. He better yeah. become what Juju Smith-Schuster was in this offense, or otherwise, yeah, this is a pretty bad receiver room. So it's a pretty big bet on Sky Moore, and then just like obviously, it's a pretty big bet on Travis Kelsey and Patrick Holmes. And like, hey, that's a pretty good bet to make. <laughs> it is, but I have harped on this many times with Kansas City. Um, look, I, I know you're paying the Magic Man a lot of money, okay, and I get it. Mahomes is is that dude. Uh, he is him, as, as the, the kids say. But man, I just I don't want them to surround him with all these bit players and say, well, just go make magic happen. Like mm-hmm. that's I don't want to see that, man. Like pair this guy up. It's like, look, Tom Brady had to do that a lot in New England, and it just wasn't a fun watch. You know what I yeah. mean? It was like, all right, he's trying to make do with what he's got. But golly, that one year, the couple years that he had Randy Moss, that was fireworks. That was awesome, man. Um, mm-hmm. Give me some of that. Pair up Patrick Mahomes with a stud on the outside and let's go to work and let's just have fun, man. So that's what I would like to see. That's obviously not what's going to happen in Kansas City in 2023. Um, I, I'm still you know, holding out hope for Sky Moore as well. I, I saw a lot of really intriguing, uh, you know, uh, plays from from Sky. I think he's got a real good opportunity to to not just be Juju, but be better uh, than Juju in 2023. So we'll see. Um, anyways, we go to Mile High. Let's talk about Denver. Let's talk about Marvin Mims. This is a very interesting player to me. Uh, obviously, he's got that speed. He's got the athletic profile. He's 5'11", 185. He ran a sub 4'4", 43840 for Marvin Mims in a 39 and a half inch vertical, 10-9 broad jump. I mean, we're talking explosive explosive athlete. I think he's a great contested catch guy too. Uh, where does he fit in now uh, with Denver, Russell Wilson, and Sean Payton? This is an interesting one because, um, <laughs> I mean, Sean Payton, you gotta, you gotta respect just like, uh, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I want. You know, like the Broncos, <laughs> the Broncos have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Tim Patrick. And they, you know, right. They they kept all those guys despite the trade rumors around Judy and Sutton, and it's like ah, I'm not, I don't care. I'm just gonna trade. I'm gonna trade up for Marvin Mims when we don't have a lot of draft capital, both because exactly. of the trade for me, Sean Payton, and also the trade for Russell Wilson. We're still recovering from that. We don't have a lot of draft capital, but f it. I'm gonna go get the guy I like. So, look, I think that what this clearly tells us is that. Sean Payton is lukewarm on Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Tim Patrick, or at least two of the three. And, buddy, I don't blame him. We've been talking on this show for like 365 days, despite everybody excited about this receiver core last year, that these guys are fine, but they're not like 
Sutton is overrated. Judy is volatile. And I think Tim Patrick, like there's so much myth making with Tim Patrick. And I talk about that all the time. We're like, he was an underdog UDFA and like every Broncos beat reporter thinks he's like the best player in the NFL. It's like, no, he's, he's, he's a good, <laughs> he's a good solid underdog that should probably be like a number yeah. three receiver. But you know, every, right. every now and again, you'll run across a Broncos report. It's like, no, he's actually going to like be the number one. I mean, if Tim Patrick's your no disrespect, Tim Patrick is a good player, but if he's your number one receiver, your offense is in a tough spot. So, um, I think Sean Payton is lukewarm on those guys, and I don't blame him. They did pick up Jerry Judy's fifth-year option. I still think right. like Sutton could be traded um, because I think he actually is probably the weakest player of the three at this point. So uh, right now, Marvin Mims' path to playing time doesn't look great, but he I see the skill set that, that um, Sean Payton coveted. 71st percentile success rate versus man. You mentioned the contested catch stuff. Uh, 72.7% contested catch rate. And like you look at his route tree on reception perception, it's slant routes, flat routes, but then it's go route, post route, corner route. Like those mm-hmm. are his specialties. I compared him to like the John Brown, T.Y. Hilton axis of speed, probably speed slot receivers, kind of what they wanted out of KJ Hamler. And they just never got because of all those injuries over the years. Right. So yeah, I, I, I mean, Sean Payton, like we forget because the way those offenses ended in New Orleans with him and Drew Brees, but like this is a guy who wants to push the field vertic like push the ball down the field vertically. Um, think about like Devery Henderson and some of those randoms that would pop up in Always. New Orleans. Marvin Mims is kind of like the actualized version of that. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe it's just, you know, anecdotal. Maybe it's just memories or whatever um, can always lie to you. But I just remember speed slot guys. Uh, doing well in a Sean Payton offense. And to me, doesn't Marvin Mims seem very, very much like a speed slot guy? Yeah, I think that's the role that you probably want him. How about I even like the great Ted Ginn? You know, Ted Ginn had a couple of years as a speed guy in New Orleans. Um, And that was in like the later years of of Drew Brees. Not totally late years of Drew Brees, but like, yeah, I mean, 2018, 2019, he had a couple of moments there. His 2017 season, he had 787 yards and four touchdowns on just 70 targets there for Ted Ginn. 11.2 yards per target in 2017 with the New Orleans Saints. Like, yeah, so, and that's like the the old version uh, of the damn Saints. But yeah, like. I'm trying to think of other guys who they drafted. Remember Robert Meacham? I'm not saying Robert Meacham oh, yeah. was like a slot, a slot guy, but he was definitely a vertical receiver oh, yeah. that they, that they wanted. Um, and it just, you know, it, for, for one reason or another, it didn't work out for him. Um, right. I'm, I'm remembering Robert Meacham correctly, yeah. right? but uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you got it. You got it. Yep. Devery, Devery Henderson though. Yeah. is like the, is kind of like the archetype of, of player that I think <laughs> for about sure. for, yeah. for that role, like a, a pure speed guy. Who's not going to make like, a ton of, you know, he's not going to do it a ton, but like he's going to get you some 20.5 uh, yards per catch for Devery Henderson in 2007 wow. for, wow. for the New Orleans Saints. Um, 20, <laughs> get this, man. 2006 Saints, 23.3 yards per catch, Devery Henderson. 2007, 20.5. <laughs> 2008, Damn. 24.8. He led wow. the league in two of those three years in Jeez. yards per catch. 2009, he had 800 yards. So, like, I mean, yeah, obviously five and five eleven, two hundred pounds, pretty similar to Marvin Mims, who's five eleven, yep. about one ninety, one eighty five. So yeah, I think like, look, obviously you'd like your second round receiver that you trade up for to be better than Devery Henderson, and I think he probably could be Marvin Mims. I'm I'm a fan of Marvin Mims, but yeah, I think that's the version of the the archetype of player Sean Payton's looking for here. Right now, when you take a look at um, you know their their roster construction, they they just picked up the fifth year option as you mentioned on uh, Jerry Judy and then Cortland Sutton's contract. Um, boy, it's interesting. It they will almost certainly get out of it after twenty twenty three, right? Um, just if you kind of look at the the the, the dead money and cap hit uh, breakdowns on Cortland Sutton's contract, so he's got a dead cap of seven point six million in twenty twenty four, but the cap hit would be 17.3 million, right? So they're saving if they cut him nearly 10 million off the cap, right? So almost certainly he is going to get cut um, after 2023, unless he just shows something, right? But he is going to be going, he's going to his age 28 season. And uh, quite honestly, dude, his game has not aged well 
Uh, let's just put it that way. I think he relied a lot on athleticism early on and uh, the injuries. And I think the age now have kind of sort of crept up on him. Um, and I don't think he looked great uh, there in 2022. So, so we'll see. I, I think Marvin Mims, you talk about, you know, path to playing time with just, I, I think he actually has a great chance uh, to carve out some playing time with just Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy in front of him. I don't want to say just, I mean, he's got these veterans in front of him, Matt, but I think they're beatable is the point that I'm yep. making here. You know yep. what I mean? And certainly He's going to, you would imagine he could just step in day one and be part of their, their 11 personnel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, look, these guys have all been committed to in terms of Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton, and Tim Patrick, but like this, this, the Denver Broncos are now Sean Payton. Like it matters what Sean Payton thinks. And, and right. They, the only thing that's happened since he got there is they did pick up the fifth year option on Jerry, Judy, which it's kind of like a no brainer. You know, you don't want to, yep. I always think about the Tennessee Titans. Like they had that, they declined the fifth year option on Corey Davis. And I'm not saying Corey Davis is like the greatest receiver in the NFL or anything, but he's a good solid starting level receiver. And they declined the fifth year option. He had a breakout year and he was out the door for like reasonable money the next year to the New York jets. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I don't think the Broncos want to be in that spot. And I think, by the way, I think Judy's the pro- probably the best and most, at least most promising of these three receivers right now so I yeah I get that but like we don't know what Sean Payton thinks about Cortland Sutton we don't know what Sean Payton like I think he would like a rugged potential big slot receiver like Tim Patrick but we don't know that um what we know is he likes Marvin Mims so yeah I think Marvin Mims yep. is, is going to be on the field I agree with you and um hey here's another one remember Kenny Stills 20 yards oh, per yeah. catch his rookie year, 14.8 <laughs> yards per catch, 900 yards in his second season. Oh, yeah. oh, like yeah. that, There's been a guy like this in every Sean Payton Saints offense until the last couple of years when it was like Drew Brees can throw the football as far as you, James. So, um, yeah, I, like, <laughs> right. I, I think I think it, it just makes so much sense. And it, maybe it's not the best use of resources. Maybe they had other holes. I don't know. I think Marvin Mims is, is, is going to get on the field pretty early. Of course, we do have to remember he's still getting on the field early for a Russell Wilson offense, and we don't know how that's going to go. <laughs> Very good point. Uh, by the way, one last note on Tim Patrick here. He is uh, coming off an ACL tear, remember, uh, that he tore in August. So he, from an injury timeline standpoint, it certainly makes sense. He, he should be fully healthy by the season start, right? But uh, that also being said, he's going into his age 30 season. Right. So it's not like I know I know it seems like Tim Patrick has not been in the NFL that long, but he is entering into his age 30 season coming off of an ACL tear. So, again, you know, you talk about the veteran depth in front of Marvin Mims. I I just I don't see it as being like a big, you know, problem for Marvin Mims to step in. Uh, and contribute right away. So we shall see. And and bottom line is every team needs team speed. Uh, th- by the way, this is a player that I, I really would have loved to see the Chargers go get. Um, yep. You know, if they want yeah, to wait into the second round uh, to go get a guy, I thought Marvin Mims actually probably would have been a great guy uh, to go target in the second round if they didn't want to go with Johnston there in the first, who we talked about in yesterday's episode. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. Turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Perception, perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. Tank Dell to the Texans, I thought was, uh, what a great backstory uh, that one is, right? Because Tank Dell um, uh, basically was working with CJ Stroud and, 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 you know, they text back and forth and, and I guess helped get Tank Dell to, to Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, that, that CJ Stroud was like, all right, you're going to make me the second pick in the draft. You're going to make me happy and you're going to give me tank Dell. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. pretty cool. Pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't know that that, um, yeah, I didn't know that they had that big of a bond, but that's pretty, neither, Hey, that's yeah. a good start. That's a good start, uh, to your, yes. to your, to your Texans career, having the, the new quarterback be that excited about you. Um, I like tank Dell, right? Like, I think this one makes a lot of sense because, you know, he's a small guy. We know that. Hey, he yes. doesn't even have to move, right? He didn't even have to get a real I know. Uh, he he played at Houston. <laughs> That's crazy. Come on. But yeah, smaller player. Um, he he was in the slot um for 58.6% of his reception perception sampled snaps, was in the backfield as a pre-snap motion guy, 4.8%. I think he's probably gonna be a speed slot receiver for them, um, you know, for sure. I, I don't think you're asking uh, Tank Dell at that size to, uh, to line up outside, but we know what he can do. He can take the top off, and I think they kind of needed guys to take the top off, right? Like you look at his route chart, post routes, corner routes, nine routes, all really successful. He shows you an ability on comebacks and curls to work back to the quarterback. Um, so maybe he could be a vertical flanker receiver, but yeah, I definitely think they're going to add there they're going to ask him to run option routes and take the top off from the slot. And, you know, you just think about CJ Stroud's relationship with um, Jackson Smith and Jigba on the field in 2021. A lot of those same routes I think will be, um, will be tank Dell's. Now tank Dell's got to get better about working the middle of the field. He's got to get his routes need to be sharper, crisper, more precise on digs and slants in order to be a high volume player. I don't know if he's ever going to be a high volume player at that size, but I think from a Texan standpoint, it makes sense. Like, you have Nico Collins, who Nico Collins, big kind of a sneaky winner, I think, of this offseason as a big X receiver. I'm still, I'm still like kind of optimistic about Nico Collins' potential breakout season. You know, Robert Woods is your flanker, but he's like been in decline for two or three years now, right? Uh, so, and he's coming, he's coming, an older player with the ACL in his recent history. John Mechie's coming back. John Mechie's been yeah. cleared to play, but he missed his entire rookie season, so. I think it'll be interesting to see who the, the three receiver set is. Who the, honestly, who the two receiver set is for the Texans? Because I don't think Tank Dell is going to be out there in two receiver sets. But Mechie profiles as a slot guy, so could it be Robert Woods? Uh, if he's, you know, they gave him a two year deal and he's a good blocker, so you think he'd be out there in two receiver sets with Nico Collins? But I don't know. The Tank Dell pick was definitely interesting for sure. So again, you mentioned five eight one sixty six. Um, I, I kind of like his like spirit of everything. You know what I mean? He he went to Alabama A and M small school. Then he went to Independence Community College before landing at Houston. So I, look, when you when that happens to you, I, I just I think it's fair to assume that this guy's got a little bit of grit um, to him. You know what I mean? And I think you kind of see that in his play style too. Look, his, his, I mean, long he's, speed he's is, the smallest dude in the draft and his name is, he goes by tank. Yeah. I, would I know. Say I love got it. Some, <laughs> I would say he's got some, <laughs> some grit to him <laughs> for sure. I love it. 109 receptions, 1400 yards, 17 touchdowns his senior season there at Houston. I, he did not measure fast four, four, nine 40. Um, and it's weird, like a 10-1 broad jump, also not that great. Although I guess it's pretty good for 5'8". But um, but just, I mean, just watch this guy play, man. Like the start-stop ability, the lateral agility. And, and he's going to contribute day one as a punt return guy. Mm-hmm. Um, if That's you talk true. about a way for this guy to get on the field, he's definitely, I would think he's absolutely their Houston's punt returner, you know, uh, from day one. Uh, and his, and, and like I said, that start-stop ability for me is is 
really fun to watch. So um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what role he plays in Houston. You're right. They, they, they go and get Robert Woods. Nico Collins has kind of sort of been um, the incumbent there. I, I, I don't know uh, if the coaching staff likes him or whatever it might be because he's a holdover. We'll, we'll see what the new coaching staff feels about Nico Collins. So we'll see there. Um, okay. So uh, we talked about Marvin Mins and Tank Dell uh, and, and Rasheed Rice here, but how about Jalen Hyatt? Uh, to the Giants there in the third round. I kind of was surprised yeah. that he was a Belitnikov winner, which surprised me. I was like, really? This guy's a Belitnikov winner? Okay. Anyways, uh, small guy uh, in terms of thin, slim, right? Six feet, 176 pounds. But uh, but man, this guy can fly. He's got 4'4 four, four speed and just a crazy 11'3 broad jump. So short area burst, man, is elite uh, here for Jalen Hyatt, but as you have profiled, he, he's got a little bit of work to do in terms of the um, in terms of route development. Yeah, um, so told you yesterday. There's like an ongoing argument in my mentions about, or because uh, somebody tagged me in <laughs> Dove, Dove Kleinman's mentions, uh, the Twitter aggregator, right. and and uh, somebody asked, you know. I'm not going to trust this guy uh, to, you know, play explains his process. Well, like, you know what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to be spending my time arguing and dove Kleinman's mentions. Thank you very much about <laughs> Jalen Hyatt. Cause you know, dove uh, kind of took out of context. The whole, have you seen the video of him working out? Yeah. Or maybe it was working as pro day, like with the Cowboys yep. uh, coach or whatever. He's like, you know, you got to speed with skills. He's like, I can run routes too. And like, then he goes out and runs routes on air and takes like, six seconds to get out of his curl route break but (laughs) (laughs) nevertheless nevertheless don't catch me arguing in in dove Kleinman's mentions uh anyways but yeah I mean look if Jalen Hyatt had went in the first round I would have hated it if if the Giants had taken him in the first round I would have hated the pick but like the fact they got him the third round it's like okay this this makes complete sense because yes the the speed and the acceleration I'm glad you mentioned that the acceleration I think sometimes gets lost with him um it, because he does have that he just he does have to get better as a route runner regard I don't know what, what he thinks but he needs he's got to get the technique and the timing down better you look at the route success rate chart and great nine route I mean led the nine routes uh, or led the led the class in nine route success rate seventy three point three percent by a country mile you know he yeah, could definitely insane. burn you deep. Um, 91.3% success rate on flat routes. Like he can get out of that. Like if he's got a clean release, which he had clean releases all the time in Tennessee, um, you know, getting into that flat route pretty quickly. The thing with Jalen Hyatt is he just, again, yeah, you don't get a lot of reps with him against press coverage. 4.8% of his routes were, um, against press. It, he's it's a, he's a developmental receiver because he comes from that Looney Tunes offense at Tennessee. And if you want to hear a full breakdown of it, go back and listen to our podcast about Jalen Hyatt earlier. You can find it in the feed like that. That's the full breakdown on it there. But it's a very weird scheme. It's a lot of stuff he's not going to do in the NFL in terms of the stack formations and being all the way on the sideline. Um, it, it's just not translatable NFL. There's not a lot of translatable Sunday NFL plays on Jalen Hyatt's tape, but there is a skill set. It's a speed skill set. Um, it's an acceleration based skill set that the giants definitely need, right? Uh, they definitely need team speed. I'm interested to see if they get him rolling on some like crossing routes and, you know, maybe jet sweeps and stuff like that. The giants receiver core is just so weird because they have like, they have like a thousand slot receivers. Um, they have, They have Sterling right. Shepard, my guy, yeah. um, you know, who on a one-year deal. We'll see if he can give them anything. We know the injuries there. They have Paris right. Campbell, another injury guy who's a slot receiver. Um, although I think he could maybe stretch the field as a flanker. Um, yeah. But you know, he's he's been a, he's been a slot guy. They have Wandell Robinson who's coming off a torn ACL, late torn ACL. Not expecting much from him, but he's like a gadgety bunny hop slot guy. I always forget they have Jamison Crowder on the roster, another bunny hop injury slot guy and then they have Jalen Hyatt who's like a a speed slot guy in college maybe they see him playing outside but and then they have Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins and I don't know man I I kind of I liked Hodgins what he showed us last year yeah I kind of think he could he he could be he could play inside but he could definitely be an outside guy too so um, those two guys could be the outside receivers and then they have just a thousand slot receivers they could throw at you and obviously they have Darren Waller at tight end as well 
Yeah, so I kind of feel like with with what they got there as pass catchers, Isaiah Hodgins, to me, uh, slots in very nicely um, as like an outside flanker guy, you know, like he's kind of like T Higgins light, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I wonder if Jalen Hyatt, they'll just try to force on the outside, uh, just run a bunch of clear out routes, you know, deep overs, whatever it might be for Jalen Hyatt, utilizing some of that speed. I think that would be pretty smart. Remember Paris Campbell, and I know this a million years ago and a million injuries ago, but he did run a 4-3-140. So yeah. again, if we're if you're looking for some team speed, you combine that with Jalen Hyatt, little Paris Campbell, uh, Hodgins is obviously uh, on the slower side. That's okay, mm-hmm. uh, but you mix in Darren Waller too, and you you've got a little blend of speed and power between Hodgins and Waller. Darius Slayton, um, as we mentioned, I just think is a professional wide receiver. Uh, not the best, not the worst, but I, he's just a professional man. Like you know, um, so again, if you wanted to work him as an outside X receiver, uh, as Jalen Hyatt develops too, I think that would be okay as well. Or if you just bring him in for, for running plays, you know, I think that would be all right too. Right. So they've got a little blend. I think now when you throw in Jalen Hyatt with a little bit of speed, a lot of power, a lot of power football could be played. Um, and, and you know what, at the end of the day, Matt, I just trust Brian Dable. I Me think too. he's gonna. Yeah. I think he's gonna figure it out. I think he's gonna put Jalen Hyatt in a place to succeed. Um, and I don't know what's gonna happen there. I don't know what the depth chart's gonna end up looking like. Uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and put my trust in Dable, man. I and I think Daniel Jones is gonna make some splash plays. You know what? We didn't. We don't talk about this enough. But Daniel Jones has repeatedly, repeatedly from an analytic standpoint, from a film standpoint, shown you he can throw a very, very nice deep ball. He's really efficient over the top. So I think to find a guy to kind of help unlock that, because God knows they didn't have that dude last year, um, I think will help Daniel Jones uh, immensely as well. Yeah, and look, if Jalen Hyatt's biggest value to the New York Giants is that you're gonna have you're gonna line him up outside as a flanker and get a safety out of the box because you have yes. to respect his deep ball, his nine route ability. Um, look again, if that was a first round pick and you're saying, hey, he's gonna clear safeties out, that's like, <laughs> uh, that's, a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. But if he's a yeah. third round pick and that's the yeah. best thing that he's bringing, and like, okay, you've got a safety out of the box for Saquon Barkley, you've got a safety out of the box for Daniel Jones on rushing plays. Darren Waller get the safety out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, like, as much as the Giants receiver core is a little weird to look at, if, 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 if um, either Darius Slayton or Isaiah Hodgins can be an X receiver, and then if, if, if Jalen Hyatt can be a competent flanker receiver, I think it's still probably going to take a year. But if you get him out there occasionally, mm-hmm. you know, that stretches the field, that's great. And then one of these five slot receivers hits for them or, like, <laughs> Or like what Sterling Shepard is in September, then Paris Campbell's in October, Jamison Crowder's in November, and then Wandell Robbins <laughs> is back and ready to go in December. I mean, I guess that that like that works too. Oh, so I can see the I can see the vision here. I can see what they're trying to do. These guys just all have to hit and stay healthy. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Perception, perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. It was interesting. Tennessee went back to back. Uh, we're talking about the University of Tennessee. Go Vols. Uh, Cedric Tillman back to back picks there in the third round. Cedric Tillman goes to Cleveland. Uh, a high ankle sprain derailed much of his season last year uh, for the Vols, but he is your prototypical, you know, size X guy. 6'3, 213 pounds. Uh, played almost exclusively as an outside X receiver there for Tennessee. Uh, you know, not not the best athlete in the world, but a four five four and a thirty seven inch vertical, ten eight broad. I think those are respectable numbers uh, for his size. Obviously, not great, but I think it's respectable. Um, and uh, and I think you charted him here as a ninety point ninety uh, percent contested catch rate guy. Is that right? 
That is correct. Yeah, he saw That's crazy. a tested target on 20.4% of his sampled looks. From 2021, I took his healthy season, not the most yeah. recent one. Um, he came down with 90.9%. Not That's the best nuts. contested catch rate in the class. We'll talk about the guy who was uh, better than him in just a little bit. But yeah, Cedric Tillman, big-time ball winner on the outside. Um, he shows, you know, he. we talked about this in his uh prospect profile and on the podcast that he ran a curl on 39% of his routes, 39% of his routes was a curl route, but 80.6%. He does show you an ability to throttle down. He can also um, get open on post routes and corner routes. You know, I, I mentioned that his player comparison for me, his 2021 season looks very, very similar to Cedric Tillman's to Cortland Sutton's who we just talked about earlier, his 2019 season, what his good season in the NFL. Right. Um, right prior to the ACL. So, and you know, Cleveland, look, they've loaded up on pass catchers. Now yeah, I think they really have it went, you know, and as I always say with Deshaun Watson, he's not a sympathetic figure, but like he played, his metrics were terrible last year. He played terrible, but I also think it kind of got under and Jacoby Brissett was great in this environment. So again, I'm not making excuses for Watson, but I often think it got overlooked that like, yeah, they had Amari Cooper who I think is a really good two. And then, Donovan Peoples-Jones is a guy. David Bell was terrible as a rookie last year. Like, I don't even think that guy's going to be active on game day if he even makes a roster at this point, which is kind of a tough look because they spent a third-round pick on him. But his in-season RP data was troubling. Now you're like, DPJ might be your four um, if Cedric Tillman develops into your ex. And, like, you know, they got Elijah Moore as a slot. They could use Amari Cooper as a slot flanker. Those guys could alternate positions. And then DPJ can be an X receiver that you rotate in or Cedric Tillman maybe can be your X receiver that you rotate in, or maybe in 2024 Cedric Tillman's ready to be your full-time X receiver or, Hey, I mean, you know, Amari Cooper's contract is not like super guaranteed beyond this year. They could, he could be here this year and then, and gone the next, but I don't know. I think the Browns are suddenly like really loaded with um, potential. These guys will have to prove it, but like potential at the wide receiver position. Yeah, they really are. I I really like their mix. Uh, first of all, you've said this many times, and I totally agree. I think Amari Cooper is at his best when he's not tethered to you know a, as an outside X. You know, can he can he move to the flanker? Can he move to slot? Can he just move around? Uh, that's I think when he becomes. That's when he's the most engaged in a football game is that when he actually is moving around the football field, they're throwing him the ball early and often, finding him mismatches, uh, getting him the football. And then that's when you all of a sudden see, you know, Cooper turn it on. Um, You'd be the first person to say he's not the best route runner in the NFL, but I would. But but I think it's also fair to say he's not the best route runner in the NFL because I just don't think he puts the effort in every single time down the field on every single snap. You know what I mean? So get him engaged early, and then that's when he goes beast mode, man. So I don't know. Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, now you throw in Cedric Tillman. I think DPJ is just going to be a a rotational speed guy um, mm-hmm. that they kind of mix in every now and again. You know, But to me, I feel like it feels like Tillman could really be um, a, a very big part of this offense. Yeah, and look, it all just comes back to Deshaun Watson has to play better, and obviously, yeah, you know, sure. Elijah Moore, um, he has to be the guy that we thought he was you know, coming into the league. And I mean, I still think he was he played really well and ran good routes last year on film. Um, it just like he would get wide open, and it'd be Zach Wilson, you know, not the, that chemistry obviously <laughs> never developed. So, and there was a lot of problems last year. So, right. if a lot similar to what you just said with Amari Cooper, if Elijah Moore is engaged and he's you know. Um, bought into the process like I think this receiver core can be really good and Cedric Tillman again I, I still think he's a little bit developmental because the route tree is so rudimentary and the but he did more NFL things at Tennessee than Jalen Hyatt did who we just talked about so right. um, I don't know it's an interesting receiver core it's just like if Deshaun Watson can be the player he was in Houston and not the player he was for six games the by the far the worst six game if we've ever seen of Deshaun Watson in the in the yeah. Cleveland Brown, like with the Browns last year if he could be the player he was at Houston the player we kind of knew him to be prior to all of the the off-field uh, grossness like he he this could be a really good offense in Cleveland yeah uh should be really interesting and then you well, we only talked about the run game you know so i, I just yeah. think again like you mix all that stuff in man and uh and boy this could be a really a sneaky good offense there in Cleveland. I don't know. We'll see. 
we'll see. And by the way, I, I really like Stefanski too. I know I'm, I feel like I'm a, on a little bit of an Island there I do uh, too. with Stefanski, but I, I just think I like his offenses, man. Um, the way they're running the ball outside zones, run schemes and all that kind of stuff. And then play action and the way he gets his guys into good spaces on the field. It's just been a mess of quarterback uh, in Cleveland and no NFL franchise is going to be, is going to be successful um, when you have that. So, but, uh, I'm holding out hope here. I think Stefanski takes a step forward uh, as a coach, too, in 2023. Okay, let's go to the Colts. Let's talk about Josh Downs. This is a player that uh, that you have have really liked uh, in terms of watching his film. Tiny dude, very tiny dude. Played about 85% of his snaps uh, in the slot, as you charted there. But, man, you talk about a great fit, Matt. Come on now. Opposite Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, both those, you know, twin towers running around on the outside. And then you got little Josh Downs wrecking havoc inside. I don't know, man. Like, I don't have a ton of fantasy interest in him, but who cares about that? I just think from a real life perspective, Josh Downs, great fit in Indianapolis. Oh, dude, I, I love this pick. And, you know, Chris Ballard talked, they said they were trying to trade up for him forever. Um, and, and he just happened to, to get to a range where they could get him, um, you know, and I, I love I think he's perfect. I think he is like what the Paris Campbell truthers wanted Paris Campbell to be like Josh Downs. is right. Actually, that guy, um, uh, he's a reception perception stud, 87th percentile success rate versus man, 75.2 percent for Josh Downs, led all charted prospects, 76.9 um, percent against press success rate. Really good for Josh Downs there. And as I mentioned earlier, Cedric Tillman has the second best contested catch rate in the class. Because little Josh Downs <laughs> at 5'9", 171 at the Combine, had 18% contested target rate and a 93.8% contested catch rate. Jeez. He was awesome with Drake May last year on those contested passes. And That's nuts. You know, look, I, I think he is just perfect. But, but between Michael Pittman, I'm a big fan of Michael Pittman. I'm excited to see him with a uh, could not be a more drastic difference between Matt Ryan 2022 and Anthony <laughs> Richardson coming right. in, coming into the NFL. I think like, right. that talk about just, just completely different worlds. Like, right. You just went to a different planet in terms of quarterback athleticism and the ability to push the ball down the field. Alec Pierce, like I'm working on his RP sample, actually, ironically, literally today uh, to get him up on the site on May 8th. And uh, as I, I, Alec Pierce, like is his, NFL route chart is so similar to his collegiate route chart because it's just slants, posts, go routes, and like that's yep. it. But he and he wins contested. Like that's who he was in at Cincinnati in college, and that's who Alec Pierce has been in the NFL. So I think they have a really good um lid lifting X receiver, ball winner, and Alec Pierce. Yeah. They have like a volume pre-snap motion flanker guy in Michael Pittman. Love Michael Pittman. And then they have this Josh Downs now at slot. And I think it's just a perfect fit. What a that receiver core like just makes so much sense to me. Yeah, it looks great. It really does. And I think we're talking about three high level athletes too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um uh you talk about Alec Pierce. He tested really well at the combine. And then Josh Downs, look, I know he's small, okay, but a 38 and a half inch vertical, a 10-11 broad jump. A 10, 11 broad Explosive, jump yeah. at, at, at his size at five, nine. That's outrageous, dude. You know? So, um, no, I look four, four, eight speed too. I, and again, that's not the, the top end speed is not great, but who cares just in terms of like interior, like doing the nitty gritty. He, he's so twitchy. He's so mm -hmm. twitchy inside, man. Like I love watching him play. Uh, and I just think it's such a, oh my goodness, dude, such a great fit. And the athletic profile across the board, Matt, you talk about the quarterback, you talk about, you know, adding in uh, Josh Downs. And I just feel like the athletic profile across the board offensively. And again, Jonathan Taylor, great athlete. Yeah. Uh, across the board offensively, this is one of the most athletic offenses that you're going to find in the NFL. Yeah. And I really think that I, I think Anthony Richardson is going to start week one. Um, I, I know that some people think he needs to sit. I, I like Shane Steichen even said, like, I'm not sure the best thing for him to do to get reps is to not play, you know, and to get that, get that sort of work. I also think, you know, I've said this to you um, off air. I think that <laughs> Jim Mersey is going to, the guy, Jim Mersey, the guy who hired uh, Jeff Saturday off the ESPN set is going to walk down there and be like, cute training camp battle you got here with Gardner Minshew. Who knows the <laughs> offense? You're going to go ahead and like with a cigarette in right. hand, Jim Mersey is going 
going to say you're going to start Anthony Richardson week one, you know? So I um, think that's going to happen. But I do think, like, by the way, if you have to throw him out there, like, it's a, it's an, a veteran offensive line with some holes and obviously some question marks about some of those veterans. Yeah. Um, but he has a veteran center and Ryan Kelly to work with. That matters a lot for young quarterbacks, especially you need experience. And I think that three receiver set is going to be good. Like I think yeah. he's got, at least they'll all fit in really good roles. They, they still have like, you know, I mean, maybe not Mo Ali Cox, but like J- Jelani Woods, this huge Great hulking yes. tight end from UVA. 100%. Like, yep. They're definitely, they're definitely, um, I think the Colts offense could be good, but I tell you what, they're definitely a get off the bus team, right? Like if you see, um, I mean, Josh Downs, maybe like if hiding behind Anthony Richardson, but like Michael Pittman (laughs) and Alec Pierce, he's hulking outside receivers. Anthony Richardson's the most athletic quarterback to ever be tested at the combine. Don't at me. That is an objective fact. And, uh, then, then, you know, Jonathan Taylor, huge back as well. Like, and then these these massive tight ends, Jelani Woods and Moali Cox, like they're the biggest off the bus team right now in the NFL. <laughs> That's such a great way to put it, man. But but again, I, it's like I think because of the way they have played football the last couple of years, uh, with just you know these slow anchoring you know quarterbacks, uh, people they're going to catch people by surprise. This is again one of the most, if not the most, athletic offenses in the NFL. Um, and, and I'm, and I'm saying that you say objectively, and this is obviously subjectively, but, but again, it's just look at the athletes that this team has. And if you're asking me, you've got an offensive minded head coach, uh, brand new coaching. They're going to catch some people by surprise. I think the Colts could offensively be really, really good. Yep. I I love it. Um, especially if Jelani Woods takes a step forward and, and Josh Downs hits the field, ready to go. Well, yeah, I mean, Alec Pierce is not a guy that you want to throw 100 balls to a season, but situationally, he's going to offer you a lot. So, um, oh, yeah. splash love, play lo- city, splash love play this city. Offense. I love, love yes, love I, I, I like it too. And, and you know what? D- speaking from a fantasy perspective, all these guys are going to be cheap. Like, that's what's crazy yeah. is that most of these guys are going to be cheap. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, maybe not, but but everyone else, I'm telling you, they're, they're going to be their draft capital in fantasy football, man, it's going to be very affordable uh, to sneak some of these guys in. And I'll be very interested from a fantasy perspective uh, in all of these dudes. Uh, anyways. All right, Matt, we got to get you out the door, man. But, uh, but I tell you what, this was a great second episode talking about some of these guys uh, that were not as quite as high profile uh, as some of our day one and day two guys here. But, uh, but yeah, some of these guys in the third round, they're certainly going to make uh, big impacts for their respective NFL teams of that there is no doubt all right if this is your first time listening to us be sure to hit us with the subscribe like the podcast rate the podcast do all those kind of things but be sure to go to the website receptionperception.com we've got some very very exciting news coming down the pipe content that you will not want to miss uh Matt give the people out there a little quick timeline uh on your release dates yeah, I mean, look, if you go there right now, there's a ton of stuff, um, not just all the prospect profiles, but um, some of the guys we didn't talk about on the show, uh, some of the later round guys, you know, the the guys in the rookie roundup, um, Puka Nakua, Charlie Jones, interesting landing spots for those two. They're in the rookie roundup. The dynasty rankings are fully updated with rookies. Um, and then May 8th, uh, next Monday is going to be when the second year receivers start hitting the site. Some of these guys, Garrett oh, Wilson, boy. Chris Olave, are, are already up there. But like Drake London, George Pickens, Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson, Alec Pierce, who I mentioned, you know, there's going to be a ton of guys hitting the site Love it. on Monday. So, yeah, a lot of lot of lot of wide receiver content on the site right now. And in uh, content that uh, you may not know about some content that uh, you're not maybe expecting. We'll Ooh. be soon hitting the website spicy as well. Oh, what a spicy tease it is. All right. We got to go. But for Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see you. 